Welcome to Word of Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will move to and through you from today's message. If this podcast helps you spiritually, will you consider helping us naturally? You can give online or become a monthly partner as we aim to help more ministries and release more content. You can give online today at thelife.cc. Enjoy today's message. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Good. Me too, man. It's so good. Aren't you blessed to have a worship team like that? I mean, I don't know about you guys, but you know what? Yes, we can give it up for them. Uh, as pastor said, I'm the campus pastor here at Word of Life Lakeland. Uh, my name is Luke. I've been on staff for probably, I think, almost 13 years now. It's kind of crazy to think 13 years, man. But, uh, but no, I, I, uh, I am blessed by our worship team and like listening to them worship. But you know what blesses me even more than that? is when I'm sitting down here and I can hear all y'all's voices over theirs. And it's just a resounding corporate worship of like people enjoying God. And then she exhorted at the end talking about how people know, right, the presence of God. People know who he is. And that's who we are. Amen? And so I'm excited that you guys are here today. Uh, I am going to just jump right in uh, because I have a lot I want to express and, and share with you guys. But, um, you know, I, how many guys like routine? You raise your hand. Yeah, routine. I like routine too. But, you know, I have found the older I get and the, and the, and the more healthier I get in my life and the, uh, the more I want to be the best version of me, I, uh, I find that I like to change my routine up. I like to throw something different in there. And so a couple of weeks ago, I decided to start running again. Uh, you know, running, I enjoyed running when I was 300 pounds. I was 300 pounds two years ago, if you didn't know. Um, but I've had a whole radical transformation in my life. But it was fun back then, but it hurt. You know what I mean? It just hurt all my knees and my joints and everything. And now I feel like I have a new car, you know, like a whole brand new car. And I can run and it's a whole different experience. And so last Sunday, I got up and I started running just around my neighborhood. I live in Fondren. And so I ran up Meadowbrook. They paved Meadowbrook. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, yes. Anybody can yeah, testify. That's my main drag, you know, so it's like every day. But anyway, for the last six months, I didn't go down Meadowbrook before they paved it. But, but they paved Meadowbrook and State Street and uh, Old Canton over there. So Jackson is coming up. Amen? Yes. Amen. <laughs> We've lived there for almost 18 years, and so we've seen a lot of change, and it's getting better. But, and so I run all the way up Meadowbrook, go down Old Canton, and then go in front of Dooling, right in front of Fondren, Word of Life, and then back down State Street to my house. And so it's like three or four miles, whatever. But uh, this morning, or yes, last Sunday, I was going down through there, and I'm on Old Canton, and it's dark. It's like 4.30 in the morning, and I didn't have my headlight, my flashlight on or anything, which is probably stupid. But I'm running, and I looked up, and it was like 4.30, there's nobody out, and this truck's coming down the road. And it literally, there's, if you've been down Old Canton, they have this huge sidewalk for you to walk on now, but there's this tall concrete barrier right in the middle, like, you know, to separate you from the road. You can't miss it. And the truck jumps the barrier and is headed right to me. I'm like, what are the odds, you know what I mean, (laughs) of me being right there at 4.30 in the morning, nobody's out. And I'm like literally like doing this number, like, you know, thinking the guy's going to hit me. I'm thinking like, can I do, I need to run in the woods. And he's like skidding down this, this curb in the, but like between his tires and he, he gets control. He jumps back in the road and I'm like, nobody saw this. I'm like, man, somebody could have at least got it on camera or something, you know, but nobody saw it. So I used the adrenaline to get the rest of the way home. Right. And it it worked. (laughs) And so, 
Um, but but this, th- that week, I went to lunch with Pastor Rob, who's our campus pastor at our Poindexter campus. Can we give it up for Poindexter this morning? I love them. And, uh, and so we're at lunch, and we're sharing all kinds of stuff. But I said, hey, you're a runner. I, I, I run. I don't consider myself a runner. You know, it's like singing. You can sing, but you may not be a singer, uh, right? <laughs> But uh, I said, you're a runner, man. He runs marathons and does all this stuff. And I said, why? Can you tell me why my shoulders hurt so bad when I run? And I'm like, I'm running. It should be my legs and my feet hurting, not my shoulders, you know. And he said, he asked me this. He said, how are you holding your hands? I'm like, what's that got to do with anything? He said, to show me. When you run, how do you hold your hands? And I said, just like clench, like this, you know. And he said, you're running like a machine, man. <laughs> and he's like, this is not a machine. This is, there's a flow to this. There's a rhythm to running. And when he said it, I said, well, how do you hold your hands? And he said, I just kind of like let them hang. And I'm like, that looks a little weird, you know, just kind of awkward, you know. And, and I said, he said, yeah, but it's, it's a flow, you know. And I'm like, man, look, you got rhythm, you got flow. I don't know if I got rhythm and flow like that, you know what I mean? And so, and he was laughing. And, and I said, but I, I need help. And he said, just open your hands up, relax, and, and get in this flow. And so I've been ready to go run again. I do a whole nother workout like a boot camp. But I, uh, this past, well, today, this Sunday, I got up and I said, you know what? I'm going to go run again and I'm going to master this thing. My shoulders are not going to hurt. I'm going to open my hands up. And so this morning, as I'm running, the Lord is teaching me. Did you know the Lord can teach you as you go? He can teach you as you walk. He can teach you as you run. And so he's teaching me. And so I, I remembered like 10 minutes into my run, I'm like, okay. Open my hands, open your hands up, open your hands up. I had to tell myself this like 15 times because I'd open my hands up, I'd relax, I'd get in that flow. And then before I knew it, I'd see a hill coming. I'd see something that looked intense and my hands would just be clenched again because I'm going to make it. I'm going to force this thing. I'm going to do it. I'm working real hard, you know, got my hands clenched. And I'm like, I hear this voice on the inside, open your hands up. And then I get up this hill easier than I've ever gotten up it before. I see it clicking for some of you just because I was so relaxed and, and, and I got to the end of the run and my shoulders never really hurt. My feet felt good. <laughs> I was breathing better. My pace was even almost exactly the same as it was when I was all clenched up, but I was relaxed. And so as I got to the end of the run, the Lord reminded me of the scripture. You don't have to put it up. I didn't give it to him, but it's Matthew 11, I think 24. But it basically just says in the message translation, it says, come to me. It said, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me and I'll show you how to take a real rest. It says, I'll teach you. It says, watch me. Watch me as I do it. Watch my rhythm. This is talking about Jesus talking here. And he said, watch how I do it. I'll show you and teach you the unforced rhythms of grace. Right? Life has a grace to it. And, you know, I was thinking about that, and it's like that's how you receive grace. There's an unforced rhythm to it. You can't earn it. You can't clench your hands together and work real hard to receive it. No, you have to open your hands and receive it. Right? That's how grace works. And and in this series we've been in, Nothing to be ashamed of. I had no idea a pastor was going to be tying grace into all this. And I'm going to tell you, these last two weeks, have you, anybody been here the last two weeks? Yes. My gosh. It has so blessed me. And it's blessed me because I know what grace is. I, I literally, I walk in grace every single day and I try to give it to people as much as I can because it is not only the greatest gift I have ever received, but it's the greatest gift that I can also give people. 
And so I try to do that every single day. And so I'm sitting here listening to pastor talk and I'm just like, I'm a wreck. I'm just like bawling over there because I know how good what he is is talking about. I know how good that is. But I know also how good you guys are getting it and listening. I can like feel the room listening. I can feel the room like processing this and really getting it. And so I'm excited to share today about that one thing. Um, and so, I, but pastor asked us when we did this, this whole series, he said, I want you to do the last message and I want you to pick one of your, our values and teach on it and tie it into the series. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, uh, our values here at Word of Life are grow, go, connect, partner, and serve. We have five values and they're all in the word, right? They're all tied to that. And so I just, I decided to pick go because it's kind of who I am. I just love going into all the world, preaching the gospel. I love uh, telling people about Jesus. And if you're a believer, it's who you are. You should too, right? But we're going to talk about that today. And so I want to go over three verses that kind of set the foundation for this go value. Uh, And then I'm going to share this wild testimony that happened to me uh, last summer on an airplane. That's why the chairs are out here, if you're wondering. I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it stick today. And so if you brought your Bibles with me or with you, turn with me to Matthew 28. And we're going to look at Matthew, Mark, and Acts, which are all like right there next to each other. Or you can just look on the screen. But in Matthew 28 and 19, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go, therefore, make disciples. That just means go teach. Go tell people. Show people about Jesus. Show them his goodness, his mercy, his forgiveness. In Mark 16, verse 15, it says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and, again, preach. You know that word preach? It means herald. It just means to bring the news. That's what the word preach means. But it says not only just preach, but it says preach the what? The gospel. Right? This gospel is the good news. Uh, It's his grace. And the good news is that Jesus died to give you that grace. Not so you could earn it, to give it. So you could receive it with an open hand. And it says, go into all the world and preach the gospel and his grace to all creation. In Acts 1, it says, uh, but you will receive power. Now, I love this. This is key. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses. Now, this means to openly profess your belief in Jesus, my witness, that M on my is capital. It's talking about Jesus there. It means to be my witnesses, openly profess your belief in Jesus, both in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and even to the remotest part or the ends of the earth. Now, in my life, I had this, I had this modeled for me when I was young. When I say young, I mean like 25, 26. I'm still young. I'm 43, but that's still young. Amen. Amen. All the 40-year-olds said amen. (laughs) I will always be young. You know what the Lord told me the other day? He said, I was asking him, I told him, I I desire, I want to sail around the world, like literally on a sailboat. I want to go all the way around the world. And I will. My wife and I and our dogs are going to do it. And, and I, but I told him, I said, Lord, I'm 43. How, you know, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be here. If it's just say it's 20 years, I don't know. What if I'm 60 when I start that? And he said, because of the choices you're making in your life right now, you'll do more at 60 than most people will ever do at 40. He clearly said that to me on my, and on the inside. And he was like, don't worry about that. I got you. It's just a vapor. He's like, I'll bring all the desires of your heart to pass, come to pass. He said, you just do what I'm asking you to do right now. You just keep obeying me and trusting me. 
I'm like, okay, gotcha. Word of life, preaching Sunday, done. I'll do it. Okay. <laughs> so, but, but I have had this modeled for me my whole life, just people around me. I've seen it, but I had a friend of mine in my life that just showed me how to love people and how to go up to a stranger and, and it's feeling bad and having a bad day and just like change their whole life in a moment. There's nothing better than that, y'all. There's nothing than seeing somebody, nothing better than seeing somebody in a mess, in a disaster in their life and you going up and you have the answer. It's Jesus, right? Now, there's going to be adversity because the devil knows you've got the answer. So he's going to do all kinds of stuff in your head to keep you from doing that. Last summer, I had a chance to go to Northern California. Anybody ever been to Northern California? My goodness, it is some kind of beautiful. The mountains are just like, whew, oh my gosh. I was at a conference, and so every time the conference would be over, I'd get like an hour break to go to lunch. I didn't eat. I'm, I'm driving in the mountains. I'm like, I got to go. I don't care about food right now. I just got to go get in these mountains. And I loved it. I just filled up all week and filled up and filled up and filled up. And so I get ready to come home. And I had a great, amazing time with the Lord. And I'm in Sacramento, and I'm boarding an airplane there at the airport. And uh, we're getting ready to uh, get off. We, we boarded in Sacramento. We flew to Dallas. We get to Dallas. And you know how on the airplane, that moment when you land, and I sit kind of in the back this time. You know, it wasn't that far. But everybody wants to stand up before the door opens. And I'm like, what is the deal? You know what I mean? Like, you're not going anywhere. You're just going to stand there. And then you're going to try to rush. Why can't we do this single file? You know what I mean? Like, the first row go, the second row go, third row go, the fourth row. You know what I mean? Like, let's be nice. Order. <laughs> but no. Human nature, right? Got to love humans. And so I'm like, here we go. And so what's funny, it wasn't funny in the moment, but this lady stands up and everybody stands up in the middle of the aisle. I didn't. I'm sitting down watching this happen. And this lady comes through and she's like, hey, uh, uh, can, can y'all help me? Like, uh, I'm, I literally have three minutes to get to my gate to catch my next flight. And everybody's like, oh, gosh, are you kidding me? You know, and so it's just this moment where it's like she's not telling the truth. Or that's what everybody's thinking. You know, I didn't believe that. But <laughs> And she's like, no, for real, I, I have all these excuses. And so people are trying to, to scoot over, but the aisle is full of people standing up already. And so it is just kind of, it's tight, you know, in this airplane. And so she finally starts to move through the, to the aisle. People are making their way to kind of let her out. They're being nice. But what was funny is there's this lady behind her who had no connection to her at all. Like an ambulance chaser, you know what I mean? She's just like, you know, just like going through there, you know, you know, waving. And I laughed so hard. I mean, I'm like, does anybody else see this? This is hilarious. Look at you. Go for you. That's bold, you know. Good, good job. So anyway, <laughs> I noticed her, though. I was just like, that's interesting. Something about her. So we're in Dallas. I get off the flight 20 minutes later. And go to my next gate, and I'm sitting there. We're getting ready to board from Dallas to Jackson. And I look up, and guess who's there? Not the one who was trying to catch her flight, but the ambulance chaser, right? It was right there behind her. She's coming home with me <laughs> to Jackson. I'm like, interesting. She boards the flight early. She had some medical conditions and things like that. And so I'm going to kind of act this out a little bit. I need you to use your imagination with me. Never done this before, so bear with me. Cut me some slack. Give me some grace. So you know how you get on the airplane in the airport and you walk down the tunnel, right? I don't know what they call that. The air bridge, I think they call it. And so you're going to this tunnel, but it connects to the hull of the airplane. There's a hole, and so you can hear everything that's going on in the airplane. 
Well, in this moment, I got about halfway down the tunnel and I hear this commotion. This lady is like, I didn't know it was her, but this lady is like, somebody is losing their mind. (laughs) Like, literally having a full-blown, like, screaming profanity at every person that walks by them. I mean, like, losing it. I'm halfway down the down this this air bridge, and I'm looking back, waiting for the police. I mean, literally, I'm waiting on security because I'm like, we ain't taking off with that on the airplane. There is no way, you know. I didn't see too many YouTube videos about airplanes lately. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't play, <laughs> they don't play. And so, I, I, I get to the to the you know to the the door of the airplane, and I turn and I look down the the fuselage, and I looked and like sitting in that seat right there. Sorry to turn my back, but. Sitting in that seat right there is this lady. She's on the phone, screaming at somebody on the phone, and then screaming at literally every person that walks by her. It's like just kind of like easing by. She's irate, and I don't know why. And so I get to my seat, which happens to be like right here. And I'm like, I mean, it's like right there, you know? And I'm like, oh, gosh. My first instinct is I just want to put my earbuds in. I just want to ignore it. You ever been there? Like, I just want to spend time with you, Lord. I had a good week. I don't have time for this. You know, I just want to, like, chill, go over my notes, you know, just love on the Lord. And he's like, really? I'm like, yeah, Lord, she's still screaming. Like, I don't even know what her deal is. But, like, I'm literally waiting on the police because I'm thinking we will not take off until the security comes. I'm sitting there and I moved from ignoring to taking my earbuds out to becoming a spectator because you got three options. You can ignore, which is all about you. It really is. You just don't want to deal with it, but that's all about you. Or you can spectate, right? But isn't that the world we live in? Like spectating everything? You want to watch it unfold. Or in this moment, I had to decide. I had a choice to make between all three of these things or I become a participant. Because, see, if I'm ignoring, I act like there's no story going on whatsoever. But if I spectate, I just watch the story for entertainment. And what's dangerous about spectating is that you become judgmental and critical so fast. If you're not a part of the story, you will judge the story. That'll preach. (laughs) But the third one is when you choose to participate, you become a part of this story. There's nothing like it. I'm telling you, you want to come alive. If you're bored in your life right now, choose to participate in somebody else's story because it gets your eyes off yourself. I'm telling you, it changes your life. So in this moment, I'm still looking back and she connected eyes with me one time. And I'm like, oh, gosh, this is not good. Oh, she's going to say something. She's going to cuss me out, you know. And anyway, (laughs) Now, I want to push pause on the story. I promise I'm going to come back and finish the story. I'm notorious for not finished stories, but I'm going to finish the story. I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I want, to, I want to show you what the Lord ministered to me in this moment. Because while I'm sitting in this seat, the Lord says, you need to pray. Quit being a thermometer and be a thermostat. Think about that. He said, you need to sit here and pray. He said, you have a gift. You have tools and you need to use them right now. I'm like, I know, Lord, but I'm tired, you know? And he said, no, you're not too tired for this. This is going to bless you. I'm like, okay. So I'm looking around the whole thing, and, and the stewardesses or the, the, the flight attendants are, are like, they have given up. 
Like they've tried to calm her down. They just get cussed out and it's just bad. I mean, it's a bad deal. So nobody's paying attention anymore. The next step is jail, you know, and that's just it. And so the Lord, in this moment, I start praying and I'm going to show you what he, what he reminded me of. Because when I pray, I pray in the spirit. I pray in English too, but I pray in the spirit by the Holy Spirit. Just under my breath where nobody else can hear me. I'm going to pray in the spirit because I don't know what to do. And it says when you don't know what to do, when you've exhausted your, your words in English, to pray in the spirit. That's, that's in the scripture, I promise. And so I'm sitting there praying. And this is what the Holy, it says the Holy Spirit will bring these things to your remembrance. I've read this verse before, but I'd never seen it. I never really broken it down in that moment. I didn't turn to it. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 15. He says, and he died for all so that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. I mean, we could just stop right there, but he continues. It said, therefore, because he died for us, And we're saved now. From now on, we recognize no one according to their flesh. We don't see them in the natural anymore. We're not looking on the surface anymore. We're not seeing their outward expressions anymore. What they say, what they do, circumstances. We're not looking at that. We're looking at something deeper. It says, even though um, we have known Christ according to the flesh, uh, yet we know him in this way no longer. And what Paul's talking about here is that he heard of Jesus and persecuted him and hated him before he met him. See the difference? He was a spectator, right? And he was judging Jesus and hated him and killed Christians because of it. But then (laughs) he had an encounter with him. He didn't just spectate, he participated. Totally different. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now, all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That sounds like a big word. It's fancy, but it's really not complicated. Right. So you've been given a ministry. We've been given a ministry of reconciliation, if you didn't know it. It says, namely, that God was in Christ. He was in him reconciling the world, not just a group of people, not this, this one or this one or this one, but the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. This is who we are called to be. This is it. This is what Christianity looks like. He couldn't, I put this in my notes, he couldn't um, count their trespasses against them because Jesus took them on the cross. It was a done deal. Like he didn't even see them. You ever, you ever put something in the trash in your email and then you open the trash up and it says, do you want to delete forever? I'm like, yes, yes, forever. I mean, that's a heavy word. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so I hit delete. That's what Jesus did with our sin. Forever deleted. Sorry, I just had to throw that in there. (laughs) Um, But it says, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation, which is a promise. Not only did he give us this ministry and say, hey, go do this, go in all the world and preach the gospel, but he also gave us his word of reconciliation. That word, word means a promise. So it means he backs it up. So it says when Jesus told us, tells you to go in all the world and preach the gospel and share this thing with people, he doesn't just tell you to go hope it works. No, he said, you go do it and I'll back it up. I'll make it work. And I'm like, okay, that's a guarantee. I like a guarantee. I don't know about y'all. And it says, therefore, in verse 20, we are ambassadors or you could say champions. 
for Christ, as though God were making an appeal through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to him. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That word reconcile, it means exchange. We've been exchanged. God sent Jesus for us, right? What a, what a deal. I mean, God, God sent Jesus so that we could be saved, right? To die for us. So back to the story. Let's push play. I'm sitting in my seat praying. And I'm like, whoo, okay, here we go. Uh, Lord, I know what you want me to do, but how do you want me to do this? What do you want me to do? And he's like, just go give her grace. Go love, go love her. I'm like, yeah, but like, what if the police come on here and I go to jail? Do you know what I mean? Like, what if I'll be an accomplice? I'm sitting next to her, you know? And I'm like, I have no idea what I'm about to do. Like, you know, step by step by step. But what I do know is that I've been given the ministry of reconciliation and I got a word to back it up from God. He's like, you just take the step and I'll do the rest. And so before I knew what I was doing, I unbuckled my seatbelt and man, I went back here and I said, I didn't sit down first. I didn't want to scare her to death, but I said, Hey, can I sit down? She's on the phone, cussing somebody out on the phone. And I said, can I sit down real quick? The airplane is quiet. You can imagine. And I said, can I sit down? And she's, she just looks at me. She's like, yeah. And I sit down and I said, listen, I said, what's your name? She told me your name. And I said, my name is Luke. And I said, I've been here before. I said, I've been scared before. You're scared, aren't you? And we just started having this conversation. She just started to just weep. She completely broke. And I believe it was in the moment when I, I grabbed her hand and like there was this connection. And I just took a moment to say, listen, it's okay. She started saying, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> And I'm like, no, 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 it's okay. You don't have to apologize. I'm here to help. I'm not here to judge you or criticize you. I'm actually here to help you right now. And so we began to talk and I said, listen, I don't know what's going on. I don't understand everything. I don't have to. But what I do understand is that Jesus loves you. And I said, can I just pray for you real quick? And she's like, yes, please pray for me. Hurting, scared to death. First time she'd ever flown in her life. This is an adult. First time she'd ever flown, she had a little chihuahua in a, in a dog carrier thing. The dog was like freaking out. You know what I'm saying? The dog was like scared to death. <laughs> and so <laughs> there's a lot going on in this moment. And, and I said, let's just pray. And she, she bows her head, you know, and we start praying. I don't even remember what I prayed, honestly. It's just whatever came out in that moment. But it was to bless her to, for comfort and peace, I know, because that's what I always pray. But I felt this hand on my shoulder. I'll never forget it. And I still don't know if it was a flight attendant or somebody else or whatever it was. But I just felt this hand on my shoulder while I was praying, like, thank you. (laughs) You know, like, oh, my God, thank you. We get to go home and shut the door to the airplane now. And I said, listen, she's like, thank you so much. Thank you for praying for me. She's like, I just, and she starts trying to tell me her entire story. And I said, listen, let's just relax. Let's get in the air. You know, let's let's go back to Jackson. And and I said, I'm going to go back to my seat. And I said, but if you need anything, if, if we're taking off, you're scared or whatever, I'll be right there. You just say, Luke, and I'll come back here and we'll hang out. And she's like, okay, thank you so much. And I said, we went back, go back to my seat. And I sit down and about, about five minutes later, they shut the door. No security. Thank God. She didn't say another word. The dog didn't even make a noise. <laughs> and I looked back as we were taken off and her face was pressed to the window 
looking outside. Now, if it's your first time to fly and you're scared to death, you probably ain't looking outside. I love it. I seem like a kid. I like, I want the window seat. You know what I mean? I want to see it all. And so she's looking outside, like enjoying the takeoff. Once we get into the air, I gave her about five more minutes. and I was checking on her. I looked back again and she's sound asleep. Out. You know, there was this moment when I, when I went back to my seat, I looked down the, the fuselage. I just glanced. And I wanted to see who was looking. Because everybody in that plane heard me pray for her. And I didn't think about that. You know what I mean? Had I thought about that, I might not have done it. Because just because of the pressure and you don't know what's going to happen and all this kind of stuff. But what I knew is that I had a promise. And I'm doing what God's told me to do. I'm going into all the world and I'm preaching the gospel. This is what that looks like. It's not hard. It's really not. All I'm doing is giving her what's blessing me. I'm giving her this peace that I've freely get, like, taken. I freely received this, so now I get to freely give it. But you've got to give it. There's nothing better than, than giving this stuff away. And the first message Pastor preached, uh, when we were worshiping, or actually while he was teaching, the Lord showed me something. And he showed me somebody who was in shame. And he showed me that they were on their knees like this. And, and they had this cloak. And he used the word cloak specifically. And he showed me in uh, Psalms 109 where it's in there. So it's not, I'm just not making it up. But it's scripture. And he said it's like a cloak of shame. And it's so heavy. And just weighing them down. And he said, but what we do, because God has made us righteous, we haven't earned it. You couldn't earn it. You don't deserve it. But he's made us righteous. And he said, what we do as believers now, this ministry of reconciliation, what does it really look like? It looks like us finding somebody who's in shame, fear, guilt, pain, suffering, all those things like this lady was. And us just coming over and and draping our robe of righteousness over them. And he showed me just this robe of righteousness being draped over someone with a cloak of shame. And they didn't even take the shame off first. The robe of righteousness has this power to melt all that shame and all that guilt away. And as it begins to melt away, it's like that righteousness, it's right standing with God. It makes you stand upright and you put this righteousness on, right? And it, it literally, it, it changes people. It changed me. It changes, it changes, gosh, it changes anything it touches, but you have to go touch it. <laughs> you have to go grab their hand, put your hand on their shoulder while you pray for them, talk to them, make a connection with them. Because really, if we look at the surface, we'll never help anybody. We'll just be judgmental all the time. And it's easy to do. But if we'll take a minute, even when we catch ourselves being judgmental, and be like, wait a minute, there's more to this story. And then when you realize that there's more to the story, it makes you want to be a part of the story. It makes you want to jump in. It makes you want to like, help change people's lives forever. Now, this doesn't mean you've got to go to other countries to do it. If you do, that's awesome. Praise God. I love other countries. They're amazing. But what if it started like, on your job? <laughs> what if it started like at the grocery store, in the parking lot, wherever you go? Because if it's somewhere you're going, that's all of your world, right? This is not complicated, but it is very rare. I remember being in high school and having a friend who was that friend who would stand up to the bullies. I wasn't. I was scared to death. And every time he would do something like that, he'd find somebody getting bullied and he'd get in between the bully and the other and be like, do that to me. (laughs) 
I always wanted to be that guy, but I wasn't because I was scared. You know what he had that I didn't have? He was saved and I wasn't, but he was that friend that I always admired. I'm like, man, I want what he's got. I don't know what that is. When people see you, do they see Jesus? Right? Or do they see surface or do they see flesh? Do they see judgment and criticism? Is that all they hear? Or when, or do they see somebody standing up and when they see judgment and criticism, they're like, no, there's something to that. There's more to that story right there. And then you jump in the story and then it changed not only their life, but everybody else's life that you get to see them. When I look down that fuselage of that plane, I'm thinking this plane is going to Jackson, Mississippi. I know there's some believers on this plane. You know what I mean? I'm like, there's got to be another believer on this plane. Why was I the only one that jumped up there to say something? Because it's just rare. That's all it is. And I've done it for 20 years now. I get it. You know what I mean? I've had to practice in this. But you may be asking yourself right now, or you may be saying, like, maybe, you know, I'm not, maybe you're not ready to go sit next to an irate person on an airplane. (laughs) I get it. I promise I get it. But you don't have to start there, right? What if you just started by inviting somebody to church? So I want to give you guys a simple action step today. So before you guys leave or as you're leaving, they're going to hand you one of these. Maybe four or five. If you need four or five, you grab them. It's so simple. Like it's a call invite card. It says on the back, it just says you're invited, right? Word of Life Church, Lakeland, 10 and 11.30 a.m., these are just generic. It's not promoting a series, it's, which is great. It's not promoting anything. It's just promoting, like, we just want them to get into this environment. We just want them to get into this atmosphere because I totally believe when you get in this atmosphere, it's going to get in you. I'm living proof, y'all, I promise. So when you exit out the doors today, they're going to grab, they're going to hand those to you if you want one. That's a great way to start. That's a great way to go into all your world and share the gospel. You don't even have to share it with them right then. You just get them to the gospel, right? Who can invite somebody to church? You can. I know you can. So maybe you're here today and you're just like, wait a minute, pastor. I'm, I'm like, this is too much. I ain't trying to invite nobody to church. I'm trying to get saved. <laughs> I get that too. I totally understand it. And so right now, I just want to take a moment. I think the band's about to come back out. I want to take a moment and, and make sure everybody in here has that moment and make, to make a decision to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, to receive with an open hand this grace that none of us deserve because it is a free gift and all of us need that. And then once we get done, I'm going to pray. I'm going to lead you guys in a prayer. And the whole, the whole band and worship team are going to come back out. And we're going to take communion together as a family. But I want to do this part first because I want you, if you're going to take communion with us today, you need to be saved. Right? Because that's what it's for. It's for people to remember and do this in remembrance of what Jesus did for us. He gave us this reckon. He reconciled us and then said, hey, here, you go do it. He reconciled us to himself and then gave us this ministry of reconciliation so that we could go do this for everybody else. It says that our lives are not our own anymore. It's amazing. And you think you're going to lose everything. You know, like following Jesus, everybody thinks, that's going to be boring. It's no, it's not boring. You come with me on an airplane every once in a while. I promise it's not boring. But, But most people don't even know how to do it. I didn't for the longest. I didn't know what it looked like. 
but now I do. And so would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, we just love you so much. I thank you, Lord, for your presence in this room. I thank you, Lord, that they're so simple, yet so complex. But, but, but you start out with us in such a simple place. And if you're here today, and, and like I said, you've, you've identified more with the lady on the airplane than you did me, I get it. I've been there. I promise. But if you need that grace, if you need to have, you know, somebody proverbially to come sit next to you and pray for you, you got it. Jesus is that one. I'm that one today. I'll get to pray for you. But if you need that, you need that healing, you need that restoration in your heart, that peace, that joy, all the things that God is, it's here today. It's here right now. And all you have to do is say yes to it. And so all I'm going to ask you to do, if you're here today and you need that, you need just that peace, that restoration. Maybe you've been in chaos like she was. Maybe you've been in this, this moment of turmoil in your life and it's just been chaotic and you don't know what to do with it. And you feel so alone. You feel like everybody hates you. You feel like everybody's mad at you. Well, I'm here to tell you, Jesus ain't mad at you. He's not even disappointed. <laughs> He's excited about your future and he wants you to be too. But you have to receive that and say yes to it. But I'm just going to ask you to do one thing, and that's just simply raise your hand right now. If that's you in this room, you need Jesus, just slip your hand up all over this place. Nobody's looking. It's just between you and the Lord. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Anybody else? Thank you, Lord. (laughs) That's beautiful. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? I see you in the balcony. It's dark up there, but I see you. Jesus sees you. Thank you, Lord. I want everybody in this room just to repeat this simple prayer after me. Just say, Jesus, I believe that you died for me to give me grace and to save me by that grace. So Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Thank you for wiping it away. Now I receive your forgiveness. I receive your love and I receive your grace. I declare that you are my Lord and you're my savior. From this point forward, my life will change because you live in me now. I will be different. I will look different. I will talk different. I will act different. And I will see different. Jesus, I love you. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate those decisions made today? Thank you, Lord. If you would, go ahead and stand to your feet. We're going to worship a little bit. And I know you may have gotten communion elements when you came in the room. And so you can get those out now. And it's a little bit different than a lot of other places do it. But we just invite you to take communion while we worship. And what that looks like is you just kind of take that wafer and do it at your own pace. That, that wafer represents the, the, the body of Christ being broken for us so that we could be healed, set free, and delivered and made whole. 
the blood, the juice represents his blood that was spilled for us, right? It washes us clean, washes our sins away. But communion is all about remembering what he did for you. And I heard somebody explain it, the ushers in the aisles too, if you need extras, they got some more. But, but I remember somebody explaining communion like this to me. They said, what, what happens is, is Jesus died to, to, to save you, not just to go to heaven, but to be saved, healed, delivered, set free and made whole on this earth, like now. And he said, he asked me a question. He said, is there any part of what Jesus did on the cross that you're not living? Is there any part of what Jesus did on the cross that you're not fully enjoying? That's boldness, courage, bravery, all those things. You know why Jesus gave us a promise? He didn't just give us the ministry of reconciliation to say, good luck. He said, no, I'm going to give you my word to go with it. Right? Because that's that bravery, that courage, that strength that Jesus also died for, on the, for you on the cross to have. And so some of you may be thinking, I don't, I can't do that. Who am I? I don't have that courage. I don't have that strength. You actually do, but you just have to remember that you have it. And so that's what taking communion is all about. When you take communion, you just remember what Jesus died for you to have. And he died for you to be free so that you could help others be free. Amen. I'll only pray over our communion and then we'll worship. Father, I just thank you, Lord. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for us. We remember every detail of what you died for, Father. You died to save us, heal us, make us whole, deliver us from anything that the enemy has tried to do against us, Father. I thank you, Lord. You've already defeated it. So we are victorious champions in you. And we thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.